Yes, yes, people, you are listening to Team Energy of the Energy Podcast. I am Troy Banks, T-R-O-Y-B-A-N-X-N, a.k.a. Mr. Goodness, here with student of life himself, Xavier Bawawaida. Yes, sir. Boy, today's topic, you are what you eat. How do you see yourself? How did you see yourself? And how do you see yourself now? My topic. Yeah. My topic. Where to begin? Let's go back to childhood. How did you see yourself during childhood? When you looked in the mirror? What age group? They say there's three stages of development. So there's four years old, nine years old, and then your early teens. And then I guess now. But I don't remember four to nine years old that much. Let's go with Spain. End of primary school, start secondary. So think about graduating or finishing primary school at the top of your year group or top of your school and then going into the big wide world that is secondary school. Or is it middle school in America? Hmm. I was thinking because first I went to primary school in Nigeria in Lagos. Mad. It's called Lagos Preparatory School. Yeah. And man, that was an experience, a very close knit group of people I surrounded myself with. And Nigerian teachers are funny, man. Yeah. Like, I didn't experience the cane or anything, but <laughs> they get angry, man, real quick. You know that? Quick, like that. Yeah. To fire, but it's just like, Overall, I was very, I think I was very to myself in, in class and yeah, man. And how did I see myself? Yeah, man. I was like in my own little bubble in my own little world. You know, when you're like, when you're younger as how it's described in the dog is having that cultivating, continue to cultivate that inner child that you have. Because with that, children are very naive, intuitive beings who are just present, always looking at the world and wonder. They don't have, their mind hasn't been, doesn't have impressions from like, all these different belief systems, they don't know how the world works yet. So yeah, I was just really just like at the center of my world, but almost like in my own little bubble. But yeah, I had a good, good group of friends as well, but eventually I'd go to the UK to do prep school. So that was a bit of a change for me. Would you say your identity was tied to your friends or were you very much your own person from early on? <laughs> Yeah, I think in the beginning it was very much tied to my friends because I remember changing when I went to UK. I went to a prep school called Horace Hill, basically Newbury, basically all white school. One of my cousins ended up going there. Shout out Nira. <laughs> but yeah, fully, it was going from all that, a fully Nigerian school, mixed to an all boys white school basically and that I was just like right this is a completely different culture change yeah so a lot of my identity was tied to my friend because I did felt that sense of homesickness but you know when you're like 12 11 yeah and it was this new experience for me I remember mom was crying <laughs> on the day she let me go she was like oh I did a country first time not with him but it's just like the pops being strong macho silent face powerful but yeah uh, no sign of weakness yeah. it was mad though it was mad because I feel like I had to immerse myself in a new environment and make new friends so I got back that's when I really had to get out of my comfort zone and 
start developing social skills on another level because these are like completely different people in a, a completely different way of life a different culture change okay yeah I see you so what was the spark that made you develop the skills was it trial by fire or was, like did you actively had to survive <laughs> or you're just gonna be or you're just gonna be like just chilling in yeah. complete solitude you know in school it's all about Cultivating those friends, mm. having those meaningful relationships as you get, as you get as you get older. So you developed, you became more extroverted. Would you say? Yeah, I definitely became more extroverted at um, the UK school. Yeah, at the prep school in Newbury. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I started. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's all I gotta say on that. Fair. What about? physical characteristics like did you change your look did you change your sense of style well was there was nah the there, well, there, there was a uniform but yeah. you know it was like mm. uh yeah. did you have the different ties uh it's just like oh, yeah, you, see, you see like yeah from the head and like shame you're just thinking like oh you just look at the cringe your face just cringes and you think about the uniform you had to put on the ah oh, stop it <laughs> and the well, sense, got the sense of ones. order that was going on compared to university that goes on now where yeah. it's just free for we had um, the deadest uniforms in the first where did you go to school so I went to school at Ravensbourne yeah so I went to I've been all the proud of this so I was homeschooled for a little bit when yeah. I went up to America um, I stayed during primary school I went to a couple of places like Bosdown um, stayed at Raglan primary school for like a finally settled in Hayes, Hayes Primary School, great school, really enjoyed that experience. Mm -hmm. um, then I ended up in secondary going to the Ravensbourne School, mm -hmm. which was a slightly different change. And yeah, when I finally went to sixth form, I went to Hayes again. And it was kind of the difference between primary school is more so, like you said, you're like, a black boy and a white crowd, especially growing up. Mm -hmm. When I moved away from where I was originally born, um, it was a like much blacker area, shall I say. So mm -hmm. we went to Garden Primary School, and Garden Primary School was like absolutely amazing. Went away to America, came back, went to Hayes, and it was a bit of a culture shock, but it was early on enough that you felt you could integrate and like. You felt that um, you were more so accepted, mm -hmm. like everyone was just a big group of friends, as within primary school. Um, yeah, got to Ravensbourne, and it was different. It was a lot more diverse in terms of culture, but also yeah. a lot more of a different experience. Like going from almost being like a big fish in like a small pond to like being the new kid or being like the year sevens that are like have their backpacks that are bigger than mm -hmm. them. Yeah, don't care. I don't always care remember that. <laughs> the ties like down to there oh, and like the backpacks that are, that are bigger than you. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, and then um, I finally got to sixth form and I kind of rekindled with some of my friends from Hayes. So mm -hmm. I went to that sixth form after, and then obviously going on to uni. But I'd say in primary school, I was very like confident, um, very like angry and impulsive kid. But where did you develop that confidence from, and where did the rage come from as well? Definitely, I think I developed the confidence from being in like Mitcham and being at Garden Primary. I feel like it was kind of mm -hmm. like iron sharpening if iron. Yeah. Like just through play. Like what do they say? You learn through play yeah. a lot more than you can learn through conversation. I think definitely. Elaborate yeah. on that. So there's only so much you can learn through self development. I feel like, or through theory. I feel like in school, in primary school especially, there was a lot more like black people in my area and a lot more family around me. Mm -hmm. I feel like through play it was just um, 
like everyone would do karate or everyone would like stay off the school and hang out at each other's houses and stuff yeah. and I think just that built up to build up your social skills helps you to feel more like accepted it helps you to feel more confident within yourself because you're in a circle of people around you that not only like looked like you but kind of had similar experiences and it's kind of what you said about going from Nigeria to going to like the boys' school, mm-hmm. it was different. Like being the one of the only black kids. Shout out to Kofi, shout out to Kyle, because they were there as well. Shout out, shout out, gang today. Yeah, come on, <laughs> big energy team energy in the yeah, building. Well, like, yeah, proud of you guys, man. You do anything, so yeah, love spreading love, sprinkling like that. Yeah, I think the <laughs> older we get, the the more we start. I think around year four. Or year four was like the first time I noticed I was like it's slightly different um, mm-hmm. but like still like I said primary school everyone was more so like loving and embracing and accepting of each other it was kind of like you said about that childhood naivety like we all just saw each other as a big group of friends and like didn't see each other as any different what did you learn from being in solitude what what did you learn from being in solitude versus being in the groups of your friends? Were there times at school where you had a lot of time to yourself or were there times? Secondary school, I became a lot more introverted. Yeah. A lot more introverted. I think, number one, I found music. But number two, I think the experience of going from different place to place and all my friends kind of going to the other school, kind yeah. of being the new kid again. Um, I feel like that's where I kind of find my passion, but also I felt secondary school's character building, isn't it? So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I became a lot more introverted. I, like I used to stay in the music block quite a lot and um, just do my thing. And I think that's where I learned about myself in solitude. So music became the catharsis, but also you miss out on the conversational skills of like going outside during break times or going outside during lunch times and just having that, that bond and just like developing those social skills and stuff. How did music change the essence of who you are? Massively. Because yeah. I know you now try for the last six months yeah. at university. I know something music is almost like it's, it's a part of your soul. It's a part so of your living being. It's your core essence it's like you yeah. described it to me in past conversation that's it's something the one thing that's better than sex <laughs> <laughs> yo funny this guy yeah no I did another one I live and it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, live, I live and breathe it and I think just discovering music I used to <laughs> ironically year two I used to play trombone and the instrument was bigger than me. They used to do a free... Well, like the backpack was bigger than me as well. Yeah, like the backpack <laughs> was bigger than me as well. But going to music, yeah, I think around year eight, mm-hmm. that's when I started really getting into it and really like honing into my craft. And... But what was about it that made you, that spark inside of you? That Because it's that it's... connection, what was it? It's a universal language that everyone can understand. I could be speaking in Portuguese. I could mm-hmm. be speaking in Swahili. Mm-hmm. If you feel it, you feel it. And I think that was that was the beauty of music is that it could convey emotions. It can convey thoughts and feelings that mm-hmm. no conversation or no words ever could. You know, mm-hmm. they say a picture paints a thousand words. Yeah. With music, it was almost like music could communicate a thousand emotions, a thousand conversations that you never even like would say to a person on a regular basis alright so if you could have a conversation with the person who invented music or have no idea who it is I have no knowledge about that mm. what would you say to Marco? to the believe- person who played the first instrument what was your energy? Oh, what? I elaborate on that energy can only be transferred not created or destroyed mm-hmm. so that energy to create the music that energy to 
play how you feel what were you feeling at that time so what made you come up with the first chord what made you come up with the first note or the first sequence because I was mad I didn't say it like that mm. that was crazy so like the origins of like communication um, one of the origins was like oral tradition right like even in African culture we have a lot of oral tradition and I feel like even with humming and grunting like when did it become musical like when did sounds like take over sight or action yeah what was your energy like why what sparked it all what about yourself what was your like calling or your purpose in, in terms of what in terms of the thing you live and breathe man yeah so what we touched on the first podcast now is definitely mm. it's definitely fitness man mm. all the people all the people that go to the gym like know this is that universal thing that you're talking about in music the gym saved us mm. like the amount of self-confidence it gives you yeah when you just have a phrase the mirror never lies man mm. look at the mirror as a reflection of who you are man yeah and when you're owning that your physical self man mad bruv it like it's like almost building one pie in one area of your life it cascades to other areas of your life and it's crazy man yeah. and going back to the main overarching theme of this podcast is how do you see yourself how do you see yourself now is man I walk in that gym look in the mirror man I just think of my favourite movie Dark Knight Rises bang bang yeah. look good feel good dark yeah. is your ally oh <laughs> don't gas me yeah. bruv especially with COVID-19 now yeah mask on bruv yeah Oh, the energy is mad in that, but yeah. When well, did your fitness journey begin? When I first got to university, uh, I started probably going to the gym. Were you scrawny kid or? In high school in America? Yeah, I didn't mention it. When I went to high school in America before we bought my university for three years in Connecticut, shout out Tesh Academy for having me. Yeah. Oi, 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 oi. But yeah, if you know, you know. Um, yeah, yeah scrawny man, love like shirts, when you're feeling shirt, anything, yeah, being bound with your eating and that's good. The only takeout, like, the, <laughs> the, 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 a lot of us weren't feeling that food, man. That's all I'll say. School dinners, <laughs> our school got you cold. Uh, I was ordering Cheshire pizza every day. I'll tell you what, the cookies China were moon. Fine. Do you remember paninis? You know, you know. Did you what? ever have paninis? Paninis, yeah, like Dragon Buffet, what as well? But what paninis at the food counter or during oh, the yeah, but the scars were terrible, man. Oh, man. But yeah, but not to go off that very scrawny kid in high school and mm. that's where a lot of wasn't satisfied you know like when you look in the mirror you're just not if you're not satisfied with what you're looking of course like as well with the fitness journey yeah one thing that's very important that i learned is of course you have to have that with anything like you always you always you have to have that You have to have that healthy level of self-love before and always before because it doesn't matter how much muscle you big, all of that. If you don't have that ready, that healthy relationship with yourself, man, it doesn't matter like what you see at the same time, if you know what I mean. So like, but with that rewarding thing of the fitness journey is physical a physical conveyance of results there and then three months six months delayed gratification and it goes back to show if you man it's mad it's mad so what happened when i first got to university is yeah so i go in gym i made a bunch of really cool friends man bunch of really cool friends shout out t shout out jamel 
but I've sent too many people to shout out, man. <laughs> Off the top of my head right now. Uh, but you, you know who you are, the gym junkies and my barbers as well. Yeah. Kazra, um, Montana, Fez, Fez. But yeah, man, it was just very, it was very... You could see your progress. Mm, I was very... My first year, I wasn't as consistent as I wanted to be. Yeah. And then second year, I went crazy. Like, I started waking up at 5 a.m. and cycling all the way from Winton to town, 20 minutes. And it was almost the best feeling in the world because the whole world was asleep, man. At that time, it's just the birds chirping and the gym's empty and you're just in the sanctuary. That's what all of us think of the gym, man. Yeah. It's a sanctuary. That's why when COVID happened, boy. Ropes. Yeah. A lot of people lost that sense of routine because gym gave them that. Especially if you, like, you start your exercise, it's your first thing you do. Um your first physical activity being the first thing you do. Edge, you ready to feel alert, you're going. But back to that, in the morning, that morning feeling, man, of... You started the day off right. Started the day off right, but man, it's just like that solitude, the whole world's asleep. It's like Kevin Hart said this, you have that feel like you have that edge over others not in like a pedestal time of t- kind of way like using other people's stepping stones but as just getting after man you're doing your own thing you're on your own lane but yeah that was the dope part of it and then as always if you're not remaining consistent or something you fall off and the gym is a very good indicator because what happens summer comes people start partying all of that the FOMO comes, especially as we were talking about the identity yeah. being built on friends earlier growing up and undoing that conditioning and learning more to be more comfortable alone. You start wondering, like, oh, I'm missing out, everyone's going to party in, but it's like, it's having that self-control to saying, okay, I'm going to do this, work hard, play hard. Yeah. But it's like so easy to let yourself go and as not to go off a tangent. Gym is that physical conveyance of, hey, there's a phrase saying your body is the f- physical manifestation of your will. Yeah. So how, you, how you're imposing your will on reality. It's your human billboard, as we talked about in the third po- first podcast. Arnold Schwarzenegger said, good body is the one thing you can't fake. 100%. And I remember... Sure. <laughs> I remember the first year as well. So my uncle would take me to the gym. And he'd wake me up at like 6 o'clock. And it was the same, like there were some parties and some events you'd miss out on. But it was that sort of feeling that you're you're working on yourself and you're getting up early. It felt like you were on your grind or like you were becoming better because mm-hmm. of that sense of discipline, that sense of sacrifice in a sense. Like it's almost respectable seeing all the early, like the regulars that would be in earlier than you and would be mm. like just doing their thing and like they'd be helpful and they show you the different workouts. And I think there was something about working out with older people like I couldn't lift weights but I was the scrawniest kid in the world man and my uncle was like some six foot hench brother we used to work out with another guy and he was um, he was mm. tough that man like some military dog <laughs> and, uh, every time I try to lift the weights with my little scrawny arms and it would go down on my chest I'd be like oh yeah I'll jump for a next rate but they'll be like there's no tea breaks bro and I think that sort of discipline and that sort of um, we're not going to cut you some slack Mm-hmm. because we want to bring out the best in you mm-hmm. I think after a while you start to internalise it yourself and it is that kind of thing if we're linking back to identity you tie yourself to your environment at some points or at points in your life so I may have tied myself to like the gym or the people I went with but then eventually when you start going by yourself you start buying your own weights you start getting up in the morning yourself and going for runs it's almost like you've internalized, internalized what you've learned from other people. And I think that was the, the beauty of going to the gym. And just like 
I guess the beauty of having learning from other people, like you said, learning from play versus learning from for sure, learning. for sure. It comes with that, as you said, is that mentorship that comes with it from learning from wiser people and mm. that camaraderie and brotherhood and sisterhood. You're seeing all these other people getting after you. You know when you like go on a run mm. and you see other people running. It's just motivating, well. man. Like. Sometimes the competitiveness in me will be like, that's it. Mm, this it. person better not speed up over me. Like, yeah. but then it ties back into Ooh, like oh, focusing I on your own race. Oh, <laughs> See, with you, you, you <laughs> had the chill. I had athletics, man. What's stopping you? Hundred meters every year. Be like, ah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't win that event. This you dust me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm dusting down that track. Yeah, you just get inspired by it. Or even in the gym, like you start following people that like work out heavy or you start seeing people that are lifting like mad weights that are like three times your weight. It was when they told me about ants and they said that ants can lift like one and a half times their weight and I'm like, Well why am I start struggling to lift a twenty pound dumbbell? And it was just like that's sure, stuff. For sure. Yeah. You just touched on a really good point. So seeing mm-hmm. on like it inspires you. So a lot of the mindset that a toxic mindset that you can have when you see other people doing better than you. Yeah. Seeing it as an inspiration, and I'll, I'll break this down a little bit more because one one thing that happened to me when I first entered the gym. Yeah. What anyone first happens when they enter a place like the gym is you can have that bit of insecurity, that that feeling of being like an outcast. It goes back to our tribal mentality. For yeah. a primitive nature of not wanting to be outcasted from the group, not wanting to make mistakes and look like the odd one out. Mm. And you can feel that insecurity as well. That's why you see like a lot of gyms are selling people on like confidence being for everyone, especially my gym is the gym for everyone. Because yeah. it wants to be it wants to be inclusive because a lot of people that feeling when you first enter the gym is mm. man, I don't wanna like mess up, all these people are like bigger than me, all of that. Um, what if I what if I can't what if I can't put the weight back on correctly? What if I don't know how to use a machine? You Try know, you get the big you know the big dumbbells. Yeah, they used to have them like little too. So you have the little peewee system one, yeah. and then you'd have to tough like 20, 30 once, and it'd be like the other one is legs. That's why legs became my favorite. We used to do legs on Mondays, and I used to hate it at first because number one it was brutal and it felt like you couldn't walk up the stairs. But number two was there was the weight machine and you know it had the resistance. Yeah. Do you know how <laughs> ridiculous it feels sometimes when like you see the weight and it's on like 96 and then you have to bring it down to 74 or 68 to do your workout. So course. yeah, yeah. It goes back to that insecurity that you can feel and yeah. a lot of a lot of people, especially with me, this is what happened, like mm. you feel like, damn, it feels weird, you know, I'll cast your yeah. This person, this could be happen to happen to someone if you're overweight or if you're really skinny and you want to get big. So what happened to me when I first entered the gym? I was like, "This is oh, I'm tying this back to the toxic mindset. This is a two. You can have one of these two mindsets. How you yeah. can see things when you see pe- other people who are in places you want to go. Yeah. And this is what happened to me. For that envy in a way. Mm. and that envy was just like oh look at this other person they're already there but it's also because now we live in this lack of patience world where we want everything instantly mm. and it's just like wow man it's just like and but envy reveals your innermost desires mm. so what I started doing was like saying like the only way to counteract envy when you're feeling envy of everyone when you're feeling not envy of everyone but if you're feeling envious of what some, someone else some what someone else has is through gratitude yeah. and gratitude is the elixir for that because envy is just negative energy completely and yeah. when you when you speak negative energy you bring more of that onto your consciousness in life is gratitude be thankful for that person go ask them questions ask see what you can learn from them so i just that started approaching bodybuilders saying whatever what do you eat what do you do that how do you work out how do you do it right yeah like and you bring that into everywhere in your life, saying, what can I learn from this person? What can I learn from this person's mistakes, their successes? How can I fast track the process for me? You're very right about that as well, because 
linking in, I think that was the switch. I used to see all the hench bodybuilders and I'd be like, bro, they're ridiculous. And then I learned about body types. How do I piss off? And it was um, actually from a PT back home. Yeah. Shout out to Terence. Make sure you support him. Shout out Shout to, out to Terrence. Terrence. Like, yeah, shit. But it was actually from Terence yeah. and he told me about exomorphs, mm-hmm. endomorphs and mesomorphs. And he was the first person yeah, to tell yeah. me. I've I heard of that. Like, tell me more about that. So I told him, oh, I want to be like 96 kg and have a BMI of 30 and all this business. And he told me, right, your body type is an exomorph. So exomorphs burn calories quite quickly. They're like mm-hmm. skinny yeah, or they're yeah. fast metabolism. Yeah. Bodybuilders are usually endomorphs. So they have a lot of mass and it's harder for them to burn fat but easier for them to bulk up mesomorphs are mixing between where if you're a mesomorph you're more likely to have i guess the more athletic like muscular figure because you're almost capable of burning a decent amount of fat but also bulking a decent level mm-hmm. so when i found out that i was like an exomorph or mesomorph combination yeah and not an endomorph yeah. It made me stop trying to attain a Ulysses or a Ronnie Coleman body or yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger body and start looking at a, a body that's like suited me or like started looking at myself mm-hmm. and how I can make what I have the best. Mm-hmm. Like I could be the best version of myself rather mm-hmm. than trying to outdo somebody of else. Course, of course, of course. Trying to attain yeah. something that isn't attainable for me not because you're not capable but because that's just not your path mm. that's just not that's just for you so yeah gym gym and identity is a big one I guess mm. but now like you know how, mm. do, how do you see yourself now as a at university right now a stronger person yeah a you said your spirit person. yeah I'm a spirit animal I have a spirit, spirit animal that. <laughs> my spirit animal is a tiger it used to be I feel like when I was in secondary school yeah. point, point to me it felt like the Arkham Duckling desperate yeah. to be a swan but I feel like now a tiger's strength comes from itself or internal so a lion is strong and a lion's strength comes from its pride Yeah. but I think I resonate with a tri- tiger as well because even though like having company and having um, your audience and having your tribe is great you can also have that internal strength from within so yeah. it's kind of like what uh, Kano says about P's and Q's who? Kano I haven't listened to much of his music today oh, but, yeah. but, um, but I just know from Top Boy obviously yeah what's it is that yeah, Sully. Sully yeah Sully oh, Sully uh, that's let's just shit even on my own twos, that's the difference between me and you. And that's how I see like a tiger. It's like, even on its once, like even if it's by itself in the wild, like it still has its own strength and it still has its own capability. And that's not to say you don't need people because it's always great to have people, but having that internal strength within yourself to get whatever you need to get done, done without external motivation, Think that's inspiring to me so i feel like that's why the tiger became my spirit animal mm. what about yourself i said bane already bane yeah, yeah but like in terms of animal um it's gotta be i think it's gotta be more wolf now because yeah. wolf is very symbolic i think there's a lot for a lot of masculine men right now is that it's a balance of having. So I'd say I'm an ambivert. Mm. I. Can you delve more into that? Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm introvert. Yeah. They gain their energy through probably more creative pursuits and just by being more to themselves. And extroverts, they gain more of their energy through associating with other people and they find more comfort in the group yeah I don't have too much more knowledge to dive on about each one and their personality breakdowns and ambivert is in the middle 
they have introverted and extroverted qualities. So I'd say ambiverts gain their energy from being surrounded by like-minded individuals or other people in general, but they have to go charge up like a battery. They have to they have to get back and tap into the things they love by themselves because after a while the battery gets overcharged from being around too many yeah. other batteries. Hundred percent. It's just like it's just like an iPhone. Yeah. Dies eventually if you use it too much. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta recharge. Gotta recharge. You gotta like go into your own cave and like find yourself for a little bit and then go back up. Yeah, man, but also just having like, there's a big quote, what is it saying? It's, I forgot who's, which author it's by, but it says something along the lines of the majority of man's problems is their inability to sit in a room by themselves. So that idea of facing the silence of facing yourself. And mm. it's easier said than done, man. A lot of the time, a lot of people our age is, mm. we always want to socialize with other people and do other things with other people, but it's always important to have those time for yourself, man, whether you're meditating, you're reading, you're writing, you're doing creative pursuits, or... I think that's a big one, especially, like, coming towards the end of university. It's almost like you've made so many great friends and great connections, and they're still going to be there. But yeah. it's almost like, it always feels like things have come circle again in some yeah. senses so some aspects in the things I'm passionate about like I feel like a tiger and I feel like I um, don't need motivation to do the things I love but in other senses like social it's like your identity your your sense of well-being and happiness can be tied to your friends mm-hmm. again at times and I think yeah just with university and everyone going home like almost that sense of that camaraderie or that sense of like being a part of a team, being a part of something mm-hmm. bigger than yourself and like just having those connections, mm-hmm. I think that's like invaluable. Mm-hmm. And um, that's definitely something that I'm coming to terms with now with like people moving out or with like people graduating and going to live their lives. Like I know they're still going to be there. Mm-hmm. But it's almost that sense of, right, I've got to find myself and learn how to manage on my own again for a bit. Or make those new connections. Of course, man. Yeah, of course. But it's just like, yeah, it's so important to have the ability to be comfortable alone, man. Mm. Really is. um, I think it's a transitionary period every time. Like, mm. primary school, you've got the last day of primary school when everyone's signing each other. Of course, man. Because we're so... We're so conditioned just from our upbringing, always being with other people, humans being social animals, 100%. to always be relying on the group. And when you are outcasted by the group or when the group left and you're on your own, that's why you have to be, you have to fend for yourself. That's why mm. it's like the wolf has to be like, for me, it's, it has to be my spirit animal because the wolf is comfortable in packs, but it's also, man, it can hunt alone, man, I have to. Yeah, because pff, it's like you said with that the cognitive dissonance you feel mm. when you're leaving at the end of each graduation at school. It's like, oh, we're doing this again, Sign making the difference. Shirts, and then you got prom, yeah. Then you got uh, leavers, and then now you got like the graduation, and we just like, jeez, yeah. Troy Banks at prom, yeah, with the, with the sh- on, you wear the shades, yeah. See, I was flexing. I used to have my little, what, my, my one over, my one cup. Oh. I was flexing in that prom suit, boy. A little penguin suit with the purple uh, shirt. Why, what were you rocking? Uh, like a fresh bow tie, man. My, sunglasses. Yeah. Oh. It was cold, man, but you know the prom music, mm. all of that. Them ones, yeah. Oh, dead bees, man. But yeah, yeah, man. High school was fun. I had a great, lot of great memories from yeah Connecticut. I met a lot of great people. Mm. Yeah, man. Good fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how, are you excited about the future? Hmm. Mm. What do you gotta think's... be, man? Yeah, gotta be. What do you think's in store for your personal growth as a person? Like, how do you think your identity is going to change? 
in the working world or in the, in the hustling world like you being on your purpose and pouring yourselves into your passions like yeah what's next for man I life? think it's really just yeah yeah embodying that king mindset that that wolf that wolf mentality man being comfortable alone and mm. leveraging your social assets that's one of the big things about this energy podcast I'm just happy to start with I can give back to people that have put me on in business as well that have helped me with networking opportunities that have helped me grow as a person but also teach at the same time as I learn because there's a quote by a philosopher called Seneca saying yeah. men learn as they teach okay. and you learn you're, also, you're learning twice as you teach mm. so as I'm gaining experiences something I can teach something I can share with other people is very important knowledge that isn't shared is dead yeah and that's a good quote knowledge that isn't shared is dead yeah and you don't know you don't know the power of a message for someone on their journey in their life because I'm not your guru mm. I'm just a student of life man I'm learning nice. as I'm going yeah I'm not your Elon Musk yet I'm not your <laughs> I'm still in university but man just mean, gotta give back yeah just gotta give back and it's really about empowering other people through authentic storytelling that's why I think the energy podcast yeah. It's conceptualized right now into mm. and yeah man, I'm just looking forward to empowering other people. Yeah. Being more comfortable in my black essence after all the things that have gone on with Black Lives Matter in America because we felt that with and the rapes in Nigeria mm. and the hunger in Yemen. Yeah. The world is like starving right now. And yeah. you felt this global consciousness of man, as Will Smith said, injustice is just getting filmed now. It's been happening. Mm. So it's just, but you feel it on another level in social media yeah. because that's why you got to order your time on it sometimes. Mm. Easier said than done. And 100%. because of the dopamine addiction we all have to you yeah back to you feel that you feel that energy man like we all felt especially as me and you as two black men mm. with what was going on in black lives matter in america and george floyd yeah you felt that in your soul didn't you Definitely. i felt yes. that in my soul man mm. and it goes it was, yeah go ahead i was just gonna say it was um post I saw actually on social media ironically but it was it said George Floyd wasn't a wake up call you all have just been hitting the snooze button for years wow and that's how I felt I felt like I'm not glad but I feel like it sparked a conversation it sparked a movement again or a resurgence that was very much needed Mm. but I felt like as a black man mm-hmm. and having sounds cliche but the black experience growing up mm-hmm. it was nothing new to see just to see on that scale mm. and yeah like I said the great thing was that it sparked a conversation and it sparked an action that was definitely needed but I feel like I guess you can connect in the same way that it's just being filmed. It's not anything new. What do you think's next to change yeah. the conversation from it being purely reactionary writing? Not writing, but protesting. And then we go back, we forget, we move on with our lives. Changing it's crazy man because politics is so convoluted that's why yeah. there's so much research I have to do into like get delving into understanding the nuances of it 100%. because like it's it tied into capitalism a bunch of other different subjects yeah 
So, like, could you repeat the question for me? You know how every time there's injustice, mm. black man gets stabbed, a black man gets shot, especially in America. Yeah. How do we change it from something that's reactionary, we as black people, to something that's strategic, to something that's organized, to something that will bring some systematic change? Because something right now is, yeah. Images yeah, that's, and portrayal. So what, what did you say? Images. images and portrayal. So I think we delved on this in a previous conversation. Yeah. About images being tied to self-esteem. So the way we see ourselves. One of the reasons why George Floyd was painful to look at and painful to watch was seeing yourself in the victim mindset. It's not necessarily empowering. And that's Especially no fault for, of him. That's no fault of him at all. But in terms of the media and the, our portrayal as uh, subservient, it almost becomes a self-esteem oppressor. Yeah, so true. And I feel like definitely images and self-esteem, like seeing people that look like you, straight kind of got linked into primary school. Yeah. Like garden primary, seeing like people that look like you, mm. um, or seeing role models older than you achieving the things that you wanted to achieve but seeing strong figures and strong characteristics that you can internalize within yourself i think that's definitely one i believe as well conversation and the social aspect of us being stronger than stronger together we get reactionary when we feel like we're oppressed and we get reactionary when we feel mm-hmm. like down and we write and we try to tear down um the system mm-hmm. Maybe far fetched, but building our own, building our own economy, black ownership, that self reliance again, black ownership, black black excellence. Because then you don't have to have any accountability to another demographic or another person Mm -hmm. for your sense of self worth Mm -hmm. and your sense of identity. If you've got your own, whether it's assets, whether it's esteem, whether it's confidence, or yeah, whether it's just group of people around you a good environment then yeah you'll no longer have to feel like you need to be validated by someone or something else so not just as a black man but as an individual so yeah but how do you find how do you get the youth to connect to leaders of those figures because right now the youth are looking up to people like rappers who are doing music their percocets and their leans and music so Images control self-esteem. Mm. That's why a lot of older generations are so against the portrayal of new genres. So say, for example, when hip-hop came about, yeah. then you had the soul vibe. They mm-hmm. said, oh, it would never last, and that's the most dominant genre. Yeah. And it happens every time. So they're like, oh, it's too harsh, or the portrayal's too violent, or it's degrading our women. And it's because the images obviously influence the next generation but also the next generation not just talking about how they feel and how they experience so if we talk about UK music for example so you had UK hip hop you had UK garage Mm -hmm. you had grime got a bit harder grittier grime grimier hence the word grime and then now you have UK drill and it's even harder harder hitting and even more like I'm going to teach me the history right now. I didn't know any of this. Oh, fair. Yeah. But like things, over time, it's almost like the experience becomes like more masculine in a sense or the experience becomes like harder and I guess the older generations find it difficult to connect with what the youth are experiencing because they're at different parts in their lives. Mm -hmm. So where it may resonate with the hip-hops and the hip-hop and the clothing and uh, the music may resonate with a younger audience. Some people outgrow it and some people just can't connect with that experience. So you ask your great uncle that grew up on soul music what he thinks about UK drill. He may say it slaps, but he may not be able to. <laughs> no, he may do. Like, come on, man. We live in Bournemouth. <laughs> There's a couple of granddads that could have been busted that in little drill. <laughs> But he may say it slaps. That's but crazy and buzz, yeah. I'm telling you, what? I know you mad. Wait, wait, you mad? Go to an old age pension level and pass a bit of unknown tea. Oh my 
Ask me my man what dropping no. things start busting. Yeah, yo, man. Well, Ben Rose Gold had you on. Yeah, bro. Oh, one. Definitely. Shout out to the One Nation. Oh, on Z. I'm at one. But yeah, now to kind of get back on to answering your question. Oh, my God. I feel like. Yeah, continue. I feel like self esteem. And I feel like um, conversation between generations, mm. conversation between generations, but also the older we get, especially now graduating, I bet in two or three years, we'll be a bit detached from like the music in the clubs. Yeah. Like it's almost like when you're out in first year, you're out every day and you're partying and you know all your tunes mm-hmm. and then uh, when you get to third year or you get to final year it's almost like oh um, who's this artist or this ain't really um, that my sort of vibe or like you should remember this old banger and then you realise right that came out five years ago so almost that sense of keeping that connection between the older generation and the younger generation which is the beauty of like sampled music yeah. Like the reinvention, say like Pop Smoke's album. Yeah. Uh, you know, we love that um, Go It On Me tune. And like, to I us, got it on me. I'm telling you, many men. And like, to us, many, it's many, like many, the anthem many, of the man. You go back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, to yeah. like the older generation, yeah. and they'd have many, many 50 cent. And that's the beauty of like sampling and the beauty of like DJing is that, yeah, you can kind of almost connect both generations together through the power of music I mm. guess yeah I just think what do you think when we get older what are we playing at our weddings man what music are we bumping pop smoke and drill yeah no I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I might, I might sneak in a little bit of Joe to see a bit of Drew as well but uh, can you imagine that uh, no energy will be too mad for that yeah how do you play enjoy yourself as the wedding dance yeah come on jesus energy i'm looking forward to the day you'll be like oh what do you know about this shit you know how the older generation you play a little fan of you be like seven and you just know a tune from 30 years like, what do you know about this tune on the radio? Oi, what? Go to us. So, what, you, what, yeah. so what do you know about Pop Smoke? Yeah, what do you know about Pop Smoke? What do you know about Skepta? Yeah. That's what a lot of people say, man. I don't listen to much Skepta in general, but yeah. I'll say, yeah, man. Been a dope conversation, isn't it? 100%. Yeah. In closing, mm-hmm. to go back to the original topic. How you see yourself now? Are you happy? Not happy. You gotta be happy with, of course, like your happiness is. You're not in the process. Happiness is. How do I define happiness? Let me think on this one. I think it's cultivating an appreciation for the things money can't buy mm. and it's also being grounded so some of the things money can't buy character time family yeah knowledge well it depends of course you can like bound like that's general knowledge but like specific knowledge from people's experiences yeah some of those things but also Silver spoon can't buy the wisdom of a hardened life. Same quote from the mad. first podcast. Mm. Mm. That was mad. Yeah. But yeah, let me think about this a bit more. I think happiness is also cultivating an appreciation for the present. Mm. Because one thing Viktor Frankl said, Viktor Frankl is a, his story is remarkable, man. He is, he was a psychiatrist to got imprisoned in a concentration camp during the Second World War. Yeah. So he was carrying out, um, he usually treated people with trauma. 
but he ended up living the experiences of the most unimaginable experiences. Yeah. Imagine being in the concentration camps and the Second World War where what's the name of the capos, the sergeants and not sergeants, the capos were these I think they were Jewish prisoners who were told by the Nazis to to be leaders, to be enforcers yeah. of the weaker Jewish people in the camp. And then you had obviously the brutalization of by these Nazi leaders as well in the camps. So the, some of the experiences he he went through, he talks about witnessing death every day and not knowing if it'll be you next. It's almost that, like a war. You think of it like a war movie as well, mm. where mortars are just going off everywhere, like Jarhead. But it's like this is like literally on like another unimaginable level. Yeah. That they don't know where the next meal's coming. They're getting fed a speck, a speck of. Br- a speck of bread, like tiny, the sounds of a 50p coin. Mm. And to Titus, he said that the people who survived in the camps, whether it was for three years or five years, however long they were imprisoned, were the people who, when all of their freedom had been stripped, when they had been dehumanized on another level, when they'd been seen as subhuman because Jews were seen as these people that weren't even human mm. by back then. Stripped of everything, you're stripped of your dignity, of your respect, of your morals, your family members are again kicked around you, you've lost everything, you have no hope. But in that moment, the one thing you have that is so profound, so powerful is that no one can take from you. Is yeah. your attitude to your circumstances. Mm. It's that is having hope at the la- that there will be an end to the darkness that you're facing. There will be you will see your family members again. If your family members were all gone you will live for them, you'll provide for them if you get out. And he said that the people who survived were the people who held on to their spirit. Mm. The people who, no matter how much death and trauma they witnessed and how much psychological damage they went through, they held on to the one thing no one could strip them of. And that was their attitude and their spirit and their inner strength. I like that. So to tie that back to happiness, it's it's internal. With everything going on in the external world, it's so easy to feel like you're out of control. But anything you can control is your thoughts, your words, your actions. You can't control other people. Their behaviors are so easy to think like, oh, they should do this. They should. Everyone should do that. Yeah. But. Or something as simple as, oh, why is there traffic today? Why is it raining today? As we get, we can, so we can easily get in those thought loops, but you're focusing on the external world, and that's why when you study philosophy and Marcus Aurelius, yeah, and those stoic men of principle, you learn to focus on what you can control, well, not to focus on what you can't control, and you become more, you're grounded, you have more inner stillness within you. And Marcus Aurelius says to retreat into yourself as well. That goes back to our introvert side. That goes back to anyone who wants to charge up. Retreat into yourself. Be comfortable in solitude. Yeah. And know when sometimes, yeah, I'm not going to listen to music today. Or sometimes, yeah, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm going to leave my phone in my house. Or not everything has to be recorded for social media. Things like that. Just... Tapping into your your inner self, your energy. The energy. I like that. I was going to say in closing, actually, one of 
the quotes I see or one of the quotes that I saw from just a little app that I have on my phone. It's a little motivation app. But one of the quotes I saw today was self-love and self-respect comes from within. That's why it has self at the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a perfect way to almost summarise the conversation today. Even though I'm really glad to get into a lot of lot more it's it's been a mad conversation honestly honestly i'm ready to go again but definitely i feel Mm. like yeah elaborate on that quote elaborate on the quote yeah i think to like almost to close up this episode just to elaborate on that quote about self-love self-respect and like self-identity coming from within and that is why there's self at the beginning of it it just communicates that well, almost what you were saying, like, no matter what external resources may come your way, almost that sense of stoicism. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a saying, <laughs> a saying in Jamaica, we run things, things that run we. Ah, uh, That's exactly it. It's like, no matter what happens around you, no matter what foolish That's my Jamaican run, people, man. Ah, bless up, man. <laughs> what was the saying? Shut up, shut Bless up, bro. Black wow. power, man. The black ownership, black excellence. Yeah. 100%. Our people will never be held down. Never. And One love, Nigeria, man. 